We're going to kick off episode 105 of The Brian Oak Show. And I hate to fade it. I feel like we should start that with the whole song. But there are so many people out there who are like, yeah, Neil Young, no, I get it. No, you don't fucking get it, man. <laughs> Neil Young, man. And today is his 75th birthday. Wow. Today is the 12th of November. Wait, is today the 12th of November? One year ago today, we started this podcast. You shut your mouth right now. That's true. One year ago today, the 12th. Really? Go look look back at the episode. Well, I believe week. you, I guess. You I think I'm lying? No. No, I just... <laughs> we, you and I have both been known to embellish the truth, but... A little. T- today <laughs> is the 75th birthday of legendary Canadian singer-songwriter, rocker extraordinaire, iconoclast. He refuses to be the hero you want him to be, and there's something both aggravating and so deeply endearing about the nature that his career has taken from his altruistic nature to him, even when he had a chance to be part of... Although they were interesting, they could have easily lured in millions more young, impressionable hippies who were looking for something, and he never stopped being dark and interesting and weird and introspective. And even through the late 70s and early 80s, where he's like, no, I'm a new wave artist. And everyone's like, no, you are fucking not <laughs> a new wave artist, Neil Young. Neil Young, he has crafted a unique path forward through music. Unlike few others, you know, and so I always want to call him this great American musician, but he's absolutely Canadian. But through his time in Buffalo Springfield and his long and varied solo career, and I have friends who are like, no, he seems to write great songs, but he's like Bob Dylan and that his voice kind of sucks. I'm like, well, I can't go there. Because, no, it's unique. It's well, like, I love what he does with this. Growing up with it, you know, I never, like Bob Dylan, I can get what you're saying. Like sometimes the voice can be distracting yeah. from the quality of the song written, but there are people who are like, you're an idiot if that's what you're saying. And I totally respect that. With Neil Young, the, the Neil Young album Decade, the huge, trifold, triple album that came out, it was in heavy rotation in the Oak household. I owe my dad a lot uh, for how deeply I'm into music. And that particular record, that up there with the, the greatest hits compilation of John Prine, Prime Prine, some Jerry Jeff Walker, a few other things, my love of Neil Young can be traced directly to my father. And I don't know, Neil Young, 75 years old today, he's had his own health concerns, he's had a lot going on throughout the course of his life, but without him we're not where we are today and maybe some people like well jesus christ who likes where we are today well here we are we're here no matter what your favorite neil young song do you have a favorite oh wow what an exceptional question a friend of mine posted today that his favorite neil young song of all time is old man and I love that song. I almost started with that, and we may play it on the next episode when we talk to Cornbread Harris. You know that he wrote that in like 30 minutes. Yes. That's crazy. And the version of that song that I recently listened to, the live at 1971 Massey Hall, um, it's him, and it's... It's pin drop quiet. Like people like let him play it slow and quiet. And Massey Hall is a big place. Yeah. Not one word anywhere in the audience. Oh, that's so beautiful. And people don't have to try to steal the show. And I'm I'm not I'm not a live music guy necessarily in terms of recordings. If I'm there, fantastic. But if I'm if it's a recording, I'd almost rather hear a well produced studio thing. But I listened to that earlier this week, not knowing it was his seventy fifth birthday. I can't argue with that as a pick for his best song. So he, I I have to really think about that. You know, I love the raw pain of Down by the River. And also the explosive mm. guitar release. I love, well, I mean, like, Hey, Hey, My, My, mm-hmm. Rust Never Sleeps was another one that was on my house all the time. Like, 
I, I remember my dad going over to the hi-fi, if you will, and putting on records. And like, I'm like, my dad, and, the, and of course, as a kid growing up, doesn't matter where you grew up, your dad playing Neil Young's live record, <laughs> Russ Never Sleeps, it doesn't dawn on you until 20 years later. Yeah. My dad was fucking cool, man. <laughs> I know, I know. He was Better to cool. burn out than to fade away, Dad? Song, what does that mean, Dad? The song Welfare Mothers? <laughs> yeah. Welfare Mothers Make yeah. Better Lovers? <laughs> at 11 years old, I had no concept of what what no. was being said. And even later, I was like, holy shit, you can't say that. And there's Neil Young saying it. I don't Powderfinger? Like an important history lesson? <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know if I can pick a favorite one right no. now. But... Among the conversations, the one we started with, Cinnamon Girl. So I wanted to wish ha- a happy 75th birthday to Neil Young as we kick things off on the Brian Oak Show. Um, you and I pre-recorded our last couple shows. We did. Because I knew last week was going to be busy. So I just want to, I don't know how we do this quickly, because I want to get to our guest, who I'm very excited to talk to today. But since I've seen you last, I've undergone my first surgery since I was five years old to have my tonsils removed, and we have a new president. Your thoughts. Oh. <laughs> How much time? Do we, I'll keep it real. I'll keep it real quick. I'm just Ow. so oh tender, still tender. I'm relieved, but I'm not totally relieved. That's, Which, I guess, how I feel. We talked about before this yeah. all went down that that's yeah. the way it was going to be. It wasn't going to be easy. Everyone with a brain in their head is like, okay, it went this way, and we know we have a new president. Yeah. Now, does that mean it's going to be simple, or we're going to get there? Or we are going to get there. Does it mean that it's going to be simple? Does it mean that it's going to be a respectable and presidential transition of control and power? Nay, absolutely fucking not. <laughs> no, it's, it's going to be. It's going to be an utter. It's. If you would like to think of the last four years <laughs> as one of the worst constipated shits you've ever yes, had, yes, we're now coming close to the Says end. Says the it. guy with hernia surgery. And the, oh, <laughs> we can talk about that later, but not right now. Uh, but, if, but now, now the cleanup is going to be one of the messiest oh, cleanups you've ever had. Oh. Sorry, I hate to use a shit metaphor, but I feel it's like it's actually I'm, appropriate. I feel yeah. like there's maybe never been a better moment for a shit metaphor. So well done, everyone. By the way, once again, Minnesota, who has always led the country in voting. More than 80% of the oh people in Minnesota gosh. voted when the national average, even in an unprecedented election like this one, still barely crests 50%. Minnesotans, I don't even care if I don't like you or like the way you vote. Good fucking job. Ex- Nicely with done. one exception. With one exception. Go on. Number two in the country for voting for Kanye. Did you read that? Stop it. We are number two in the country. 7,000 Minnesotans voted of for Kanye. Of every state? No, just Minnesota. Yeah, of every state. We were, we were second okay, in now, the now, But in the you nation. do need to do a little math in your head because, yeah. yes, we were number two in overall numbers. But that's because so many of us go out to vote. And every state, no matter its makeup, no matter its history, no matter its rich cultural fabric, fabric has idiots. Okay? So now... If it was Kanye Circa the Graduate and he was running for president, his album The Graduate, yeah, or graduation rather, maybe I can see that happening. It's all over the state though, too. You'll you go look at but, it but, after but, the show. It's all it, over the state. Imagine, imagine for. if you were twenty two years old and you're like, "This is the shit show I get to pick from." Yeah, fuck you. I'm walking in there and I'm I'm drawing Kanye yeah. down the ballot. 
I can also kind of get my head around it. Uh, and by the way, surgery went fine. I'm recovering nicely. Yeah. There's nothing else to talk about. And you there. won't be able to shovel till when? March. I think they told me 2026. That's what I heard. That's what I heard. <laughs> no, I, That's what your I, wife told me. I think 2026 <laughs> at the earliest is what the doctor said. I'll try to get some documentation Perfect on that. Timing. Brian waits five years to get the surgery. And then just before what? the first really bad shovel. Winter is coming? Ooh. Well, cut me open, Doc, and keep that Dilaudid coming. Uh, before we get to today's guest, who I'm very interested to talk to, because we have been acquaintances slash friends on social media for a long time, and we obviously hit it off. We obviously have a mutual affection for rock and roll in its many and varied forms. We also have an appreciation for music as what it means to the human condition. And this is not going to be a deeply philosophical show, but we may hit deeply philosophical moments. These things happen when you least expect it. Like, you know, a shit <laughs> analogy yeah. for the transition from yeah. 45 to If that's to any 46. barometer. Yeah, no, I, th- I think that if Socrates were alive today, yeah, there, there would be something similar along those lines. Um, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to today's guest, who is a bass player, a musician, and music lover in general, but a very interesting character at a very interesting juncture in the time-space moment that we all occupy right now, and I very much look forward to talking to her coming up in Mirror moments also before we dive into the first song she's chosen i want to wish the best to your mom i know your mom's situation the last time we talked uh she contracted covid and she's someone who is a cancer survivor yeah she has congestive heart failure yes not a good situation but it was trending in the right direction but now she's back in the hospital she has a clot and it's it's very challenging so whatever you believe in if it's just good vibes send them my mom's way that's what I would say. Yeah. We, I would appreciate it. It's uh, it's a battle, and then the whole family's dealing with everything. So Well, and that's why I feel very stupid when I bring up my surgery, because mine was routine. Yeah. And again, I'm not a young man in the prime of health, as you... Shut up, Sean. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> I don't know. You're taking such good care of yourself. <laughs> Shut up, Sean. But it's I like just, Elvis when he... Everybody's like, I can't believe Elvis is dead. I'm like, really? Where, so I'm thinking guy was a picture of... Wasn't running marathons. Where, where's our deep fryer? Because I have, <laughs> yeah, not had, exactly. I have not had a peanut butter and banana deep fried sandwich in like 25 minutes. Uh, but my, my, in all sincerity, my best to your mother, man. Thank you and so much, man. There are so yeah. many people who are going through so many yeah. shit situations right yeah. now. We're going to talk about music. We're going to talk about life. We're going to talk about adversity. We're going to talk about so much, and we're somehow going to cram it into a very short period of time... Because because that's the nature of the podcast and the nature of human attention spans in this day and age. So our guest coming up, her name is Xenia. Uh, some have called her warrior bassist. Some have called her Xenia Sandstrom McGuire, which I also think is a, still a cool name. Anything that starts with Xenia is automatically cooler than anything oh, yeah. I've ever done. She loves music and she creates music. And most recently... She played with fucking Morticia on their Halloween show. Wow. Shh, Brian, shh, quiet. Be cool, man. Be cool. She's in the room. Just be cool. <laughs> but I asked her about the music she wanted to play, and we're going to talk because it, it, she's not strictly a dark sider, although I know there's a dark streak in there for damn sure. But she likes a lot of different things, and she also likes to push the envelope, especially from a young age, and that's something that I find most intriguing. So she chose this song right here. I'll let her explain why on the far side of it. In the meantime... Nothing will stop you from getting out of your chair and shaking your fucking ass to a little funkadelic. Well, in fact, it's right there in the title of the song, Get Off Your Ass and Jam.
Now, I intend to give her a proper introduction and give all of you a proper introduction, but I think maybe nothing will be more informative than um, finding out, first and foremost, Xenia, how are you? I'm doing well. How about you? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. Now, you chose that song, and you only gave me the vaguest introduction that when you were little and the parents would leave the house, you and your older sister would put that on and shake it. Now, you are from where? Northern Iowa? Yeah, I'm from Northeast Iowa. Northeast Iowa. Yeah. And that would be the song that you put on to be like, we're not allowed to listen to this when mom and dad are home, but now it's on. And you, at what age? Uh, I was probably about six at the time. And your sister, how much older? Um, She's much, much older than I am. Okay, fine. Fantastic. By about three years. <laughs> but, you know, having that kind of older sibling... Leads you into this sort of weird, dark, sexy, scary, fantastic world that is rock and roll or funk or whatever the case may be. So all of a sudden the folks are gone and that record hits the turntable and you're moving it around. Now it's six. It's hard to imagine... The, it took me, I'm going to be honest, it took mm-hmm. me a lot longer to find the allure of rock and roll or yep. that allure of music in general, right? Obviously. I, I use the term rock and roll very loosely because what I refer to as rock and roll also is very much evident in Funkadelic. <laughs> did that record, like, did your parents own it and save it for after when the kid went to bed? Or how the hell was that record even in the house if it wasn't allowed? Well, it was my mom's record. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So there we go. Yeah. And so both my parents were music teachers in Waterloo, Iowa. Oh. And... Um, so they would, the thing is in that household, everything was fair game. Music was just music. Right. So, um, but, but some stuff was not okay for kids. Like, correct. Get off, uh, get off your ass and jam. Right. And then the other album we had to get was George Carlin class clown, which we were not oh. allowed to listen to either. Well, because he was a dangerous, absolutely. He encouraged were they like free the thinking. hippest people in that area? <laughs> I know Waterloo, Iowa. I know. They were my parents, though, so they weren't really... That's crazy, though. (laughs) Crazy hip. No one will ever think of their parents as hip. I have an old saying that says, you know, having had a daughter who's very cool myself... But at some point, even I became like sort of like the uh, like the eye rolling and the who the hell is that? (laughs) My saying for that is, at some point, even Mick Jagger's kids thought he was a drag oh yeah <laughs> even though mick jagger's yes. never been a drag so you grew up so they like they're like you may listen to this you can listen to regular rock and roll but there are certain things you cannot listen to so of course because you're a regular human being the second you're free that thing's on the hi-fi jammed oh, yeah. all the way up yeah i mean my mom still wants her record back so it's <laughs> <laughs> Zenium Sandstrom McGuire, uh, also known as Zenia Warrior Bassist, you are a musician. You started out in Iowa. You found your way here into the Twin Cities. You have worked in many facets of music. You have been a music educator, are a music educator. You have played in numerous bands over the eons. In fact, I'm realizing since we have decided to have you on the podcast, I probably own a couple CDs that you've played on. Yeah, it could be. It's I certainly could. possible. <laughs> Um, were they any good? They were fantastic. Oh, excellent. <laughs> but you're more than that. You and I, before today, have not really spent any time in person. No. And, no. however, I feel like we're still better than acquaintances on Facebook. I feel like oh, yeah. on the list of friends, there are certain people you see pop up. When I see your love of music, your adoration of music, your you get the same kind of thing out of it that I always have, where you dive deep into it. And it clearly has this 
maybe even more than nurturing, but this essential value to you where if you are not listening to performing or because you are a performer, you Mm -hmm. are a creator, you are an educator, you pass it on to everybody. But the raw joy that you share on social media in the things that you do, uh, and again, up to and including, now most recently you have a project called The Mod Garage, but mm-hmm. the last thing of sort of like blinding importance that was hard for me to look directly at without blinding my darkened soul to the sun was uh, Morticia's Halloween performance. They've re- they've reunited a couple times over the year, but not Pretty very much often. On the Halloween shows, that's every, like every the year. Bi- that's the big thing. Yeah, last year we did Mortimer's, um, and that was actually a really fun gig because at Mortimer's, that little stage uh-huh. was just awesome. Um, and then the year before that, we did this thing at Turf Club with Dark Carnival, and that was holy shit. Yes, I saw Dark Carnival. So. Growing up, as as you know, because we have been so closely aligned on social media for so long, growing up in Coon Rapids is not unlike growing up in a small to medium-sized town in Iowa. Right. In terms of your influences. And when you find your people, you're like, oh my God, I'm not fucking alone. Oh, I'm no. not Big alone. Set. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've, I've played up in Coon Rapids. So. Well, <laughs> hell yeah, you have. I remember seeing Dark Carnival at a place called the Purple Hearts Club when I was a teenager. Like, you'd get a hand at a zine outside a show. Oh, yeah. And this was, again, pre-internet was very... Let's gather around, kids. Grandpa wants to tell a story. Um, <laughs> I mean, there were fanzines that told you about certain things. You could pick up a city page or something like that and see about certain shows, mm-hmm. but you'd walk out and someone would hand you a flyer, and it was, you know, shitty and homemade and all the more gl- oh, yeah. delightful as a result. And I'm like, I'm going to go see a band called Dark Carnival at uh, Purple Hearts Club, which is not entirely separate from like a VFW and I it was dark and it was weird I'm like I'm from the suburbs and these kids are scary and I've never been more alive in my entire life well I all right so similar experience I suppose um growing up in Hudson Iowa uh as soon as I got my driver's license in my 1975 Toyota Corolla station wagon (laughs) go on I used to drive up to the campus at the University of Northern Iowa on College Hill which is just you know straight shot up the road by about 10 minutes and uh, because my dad was also like the minister of music at this big, huge Lutheran church on University in Maine, I grew up with a lot of those kids that ended up going to NU High School, CF High School, all that. But we'd hang out up on College Hill with the college kids, and a lot of them would come up to the Twin Cities and see things. And one time, I think it was 1988, one of them brought back Mortal Fear, the first Morticia album. Right. And I looked at the back cover, and I saw everybody on there and says, Oh God, I'm not alone. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this is they're they have they they have lace, they have black long hair, and some of it back combed, and they embody this weird darkness. Doesn't make you a darker evil person, no. But I think, as a fan of the human condition, or at least a reluctant victim of the human condition, you come to understand if you're going to do this and you're going to experience the full breadth of it, then you need to experience the full breadth of it. So, like, growing up, when I found bands like Bauhaus or yes. Dark Carnival, I mean, like, I'm like, okay, there's something that it, it, maybe it was my sort of slightly restrained religious upbringing. Mm-hmm. I, I can't, I can't, you know, I, I don't have it. Th- but, I mean, like, I love Sunshine Pop from the 60s. Oh, yeah. And I fucking love Bauhaus. Or yes. even the darker edges of Depeche Mode. Depeche Mode mm-hmm. wasn't a band that was afraid to get dark at all. Yeah. And so... And but but there's, you're talking about this sweet spot for me when you're at that certain age where you pick up a fanzine or someone cool that you know went to Northern Lights Records mm-hmm. or went to someplace cooler than you've ever been in your yes. life and they bring back something to you like a missive like a message and you're like 
holy crap. That's it, exactly. There's so much more out there than I've ever seen. Yes, exactly. So you grow up in this place, and you start to find music. Now, so your parents, both as music educators, it's not surprising you should find music. Oh, yeah. But... When you talk about your father being a pastor, there's also there, there are... Well, all right, he was actually a minister of music, so he's not a pastor. Oh. He was... What is a minister of music? That sounds, that sounds like something George Clinton would do. Oh, it's awesome. <laughs> so so he's, the, he's like the organist. That's the thing. So okay. I kind of grew up turning pages in the organ bench, but my dad, so before they built the new nave, like in 83 it was, they had the church set like 500 people, but they had to have four services every Sunday morning because it was packed. Yeah. And my dad had to play for all four of those services. Now, get this. He's also teaching junior high choir in Waterloo throughout oh. the week and then playing in dance bands on Friday and Saturday nights. What? My what did he gosh. play? What did he play? Oh, good music. Well, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me <laughs> was more it specific. Yeah, instrument. Yeah. So, so he still played organ. And, and, Got it. All right. trumpet was his other instrument, but really but I mean, like, keyboard. So and, he's not someone who's necessarily locked up in the dogma of the church. He plays he because plays, he's there. Yes. But he also is willing to go out and play some of that so-called secular music for oh, the yeah. young people. Well, it, yeah, it, it was, yeah. And, you know, my parents both grew up in the Sand Hills of Western Nebraska. In fact, our governor, uh, is an, his alma mater is the same as my parents. Tim Walls. Yes. What? Tim Walls. Yes. Okay. So, this story's getting better. I don't, yeah. I, I, so, tell me everything about this story. So, But, I mean, you grew up with that. And so you grew up turning pages for an organist in a church. Yeah. But he's also a popular musician, plays out and about. Yeah. And you, I mean, music is around you all the time from your youngest age. Yeah. I mean, I... That's glorious. I pretty much had to learn how to read music before... In fact, I think I learned to read music before I could read English. (laughs) Was it on... If you're you're shaking your, your... you're, you're shaking your tail feather. When your parents leave the house to Funkadelic at six years old, I don't doubt it for a second. So do you first learn music on the recorder, on the piano? How do you learn so, singing? I was forced to take piano lessons. Singing is a big part because it was uh, EL, what became the ELCA, Lutheran, the good Lutherans. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't even know what that means. But there's letters that are secret yes. codes that yes. only we know about. Okay. So, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, there are more Protestant codes that I don't know oh, about. Oh, yeah. Never mind. Um, <laughs> never mind. Let's move on. It'll take way too long yeah, to go. Yeah. Right. So, but Fair we grew enough. up. So Fair here's enough. the thing is that in the Nave, you know, I'd sit with my mom, who was a band director, career band director. Mm-hmm. Uh, my sister and I, we'd have to be in the in the congregation while my dad's playing organ. But we had we had to sing along you know, to make, to keep the rest of the choir going, you know, the, yeah. the congregation. So, so it doesn't tell like, right. And it's, <laughs> and it is, I've been in enough choirs right, to know. And it is four part singing. Uh-huh. So we learned that pretty much after a while, we learned to read music out of the hymnals. And then it was kind of like, well, you take the, the melody line the first time through, but then you have to choose another line. But the trick is you're not allowed to sing the line of the person next to you. So oh. we, we immediately had to learn how to harmonize right away. Did that not confuse the person next to you? Because who I, cared? Uh, nice. <laughs> nice. Keep going. If they can't keep up, you know, that's right. their, no, that's no. Cause Be, I have a phrase that yes. I like to use in those situations called beat it nerd. <laughs> <laughs> no, really. I mean, so I, I don't think it would, I don't think it would ever hurt anybody else. Cause you know, there was most people would just sing along, but we would sing because this is just what we did. And, and you 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 sort of in, instinctively picked the harmony line. Just, I mean, yeah, I think because I was just brought up in music, and all music was fair game. So I talk about Funkadelic as one of the albums. I mean, Stevie Wonder was huge. Yeah, uh, Chicago Live at Carnegie Hall was one of my favorite albums since I was real little. 
Sean was right, by the way. Sean uh-huh. Sean picked it out immediately. Like, so you can say what you want. It may be impossible for you to think of your parents as hip. For rural, not maybe not rural, yeah. let's call it somewhere between rural and urban Iowa, yeah. your parents, if they had that in the collection, they were pretty bleeping hip. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Dave Brubeck Quartet was there. Yeah, yeah. Jim Neighbors solo record. See again now. A you almost a had me. <laughs> we, we took we took a sharp right. We right took there. a sharp but, but, turn. But that being said, if I, if you came to my Probably house right now, now and you found those two Jim Neighbors records I had, you'd be like, "Fuck you, Oak, you fucking poser." <laughs> like, like, I have a couple Jim Neighbors records. Yeah, you know, guy could sing. No, it's just like everything. I mean, we even had some Wendy Carlos albums before you know she came out, and uh, Tomita, and I mean just. God, so we're talking. Time. We're talking Wendy Carlos when it, when she, she was still was William Carlos Walter. Yeah, Walter. Sorry, I was so close. And by Damn the way, it. it's it's one of those things that we don't bring up her previous name. That's called dead naming. So. I didn't know that. Yes. Well, I have heard the term we, dead name before. We can get to that later. So I was so, only I was only trying yeah. to do a little music. Oh yeah, absolutely. Lineage thing. Absolutely. So I'm not trying to the tag gar- her just, with that. I know. Just this morning, I was looking up, and the Guardian has a thing on her now, which is really cool. The, the newspaper. So. I, I haven't read the article well, yet. Well, Clockwork Orange is my second yes. favorite film of all time, and Wendy Carlos, without Wendy Carlos's contributions to that film, the acting is great, the cinematography oh, yeah. is great. The soundtrack is as crucial to that film as any movie I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. It's it's great. And Dead naming, we will avoid, but we will talk about the nature of precisely what you're talking about coming up in yes. a little bit. But before we get there, I want to talk a little bit more to you, but then we got to hear another song, because people's patience is only good for so long in these things before we hear a little more music. Um... You, so here's your situation. You grew up in this music-rich environment. Mm-hmm. At some point, though, I don't know if it happens in your tweens, your teens, your young adulthood, you decide, this is who I am, this is what I do, I am going to make music. It's going to happen, mm-hmm. or I'm going to be around music. I mean, I made the same decision. I was just too lazy and crappy at music. I played viola, always last chair, hey. because I refused to turn in my, my practice assignments. Oh, yes. But I did go to Allstate Choir. I liked yep. music very much, but I knew that it was never going to be my life, but I had to be around it all the time. You've been around music, making music, presenting music, all of it, throughout your entire life. Mm-hmm. At, at what point does do things cross over from the esoteric or the fandom to I am Xenia and I make freaking music? When do you pick up the bass? Oh, so picking up the bass was kind of by accident. Um, so I started off playing piano, which I hated. Um, and why did you hate it? Just because it was tedious and you were forced to? Yes. It, it is a really amazing instrument. Yeah. I know you know. But also, so we talk about all this other music. Well, I had a really great babysitter, and she was like 10 years older than me, and you know, it was really cool. And she used to bring over all of her albums, these stacks of albums, like Zeppelin and Rush and... Rush, like your favorite band of all time, I think, right? Mine? <laughs> I'm going to have to go back and check the, the archives real quick. So Here, here's no, the bit. No, but you, no, you know, Zenia, no, yes, you know yes. that I have nothing but respect for them. It's just no, not no, how I, I, I know, It's I know, not my favorite. I know, I know. Just because you can play every, mo- every note doesn't mean you should play every I note. I know. I, heard, <laughs> I listen to your show. So. <laughs> <laughs> You're a very kind so, person. So, um, the, um, it, it, yeah. Uh, so. But, 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 but a good, to your point, but, the people who love Rush, 
they're all music heads. Yeah. They're deep music oh, heads. Yeah. There are a handful of bands that I feel like if you have a degree in music theory, you get better than anybody else mm-hmm. and you bring them to other people. That's this person bringing well, Rush. Well, yeah, but except the big influence she brought was Kiss. Oh, go on. Yes. And See, now that's weird to me that a person who loves Rush that much also loves Kiss. It Granted, was the 70s and well, she was older. Very similar era, but to, I mean, because let's be honest, Kiss... When it comes to musical depth, not mm-hmm. nearly as challenging as, say, your rushes, and it's more presentation well, than substance, but I also, I, 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 if you make me pick, if I have to do, erase yeah. one from world music history, sorry, yeah. Rush. I, I, already, I already gave one Canadian <laughs> credit on today's podcast. So, so we'll, we'll go with this, though. But, um, uh, the, but I was like in first grade, and I was introduced to Kiss Alive, that album. Which then, that's what I wanted for my seventh birthday was the Kiss Alive album. And right. I remember going to, what was it, the Woolworths or whatever it was, and um, there was like a Stretch Armstrong, and then there was Kiss Alive. And I wanted both of them, and my mom made me decide which one did I want. And that's an impossible decision. It is. At six years old, and you're trying to say, okay, stretch, but see, he can like stretch and tie his arms in a knot and that kind of stuff. But then there was Kiss Alive. And I thought, oh, this is a way I can impress my babysitter and also realize that I like the music a lot, too, because I dance to it. So I was a big kiss head pretty much for first through third grade. Don't, but, don't bury the lead. Which one did you pick? I kiss alive. Oh, son of a bitch. But were you ever Peter Chris for Halloween in the first grade like I was? No, I I was. I wanted to be I was a little Peter. Yes, I, I wanted to be Linda Carter. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Go on. Yes, but ended up being uh, Steve Austin, Colonel Steve Austin. Oh, yeah, the Bionic Man. Well played. Very so, interesting. There it was. Um, I wonder if you know because we're going to get to another pick of yours very shortly, but we have a little free time. And we need we need to get to a song. Should we take a break and hear something off Kiss Alive? No. Okay, fine. Let's no, keep talking. No. No. <laughs> Screw Kiss Alive. Exactly. I, I've, I've kind of done my Kiss bit. That, that oh, was, so you're done now. Okay. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I <laughs> well, for like three years, from like 2016 to 2019, I paid my dues. I, I relived that childhood fantasy of being Gene Simmons as Gene Simmons in those six-inch platforms. And Did you did you chew on the blood capsule and do a whole bit and spin I out had, the blood? I had a little baggie of blood that I'd have to like squirt into my mouth. Oh, and yeah, it's it's even worse than it. Than it sounds bad, and it's, if you're telling horrible. me it's worse, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And, and so do you have to play with it for a while? And oh like, yeah, yeah. So I got into so you're mouth. holding a mouthful of fake blood yes. while you play, mm-hmm. and then it's time to go. Yeah, and then you just go out there and yeah. This should be a three-part podcast because, <laughs> yeah, exactly. because suddenly I feel like just your kiss years alone. Yes. Well, I, let me tell you the story about this. My Please second do. time doing the Gene Simmons. We were playing at Lee's. Get something off Kiss Alive. Yes. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. We, we were playing at, at Lee's Liquor Lounge, and um, there was this. It's a weird thing about being in a tribute band because oh, you have these. fans who are they they love it, and it's really fun. So it is fun doing it. Um, because people get here's get, the thing about tribute bands: people a there's nothing at stake, but b you also get to tap into all these emotional timelines for people. Yeah. Well, there was this thing, but there's this ex- incredibly wasted woman who was a huge gene simmons fan mm. and she was at my feet throughout the entire show and then when it comes to the time to do my blood spurting go on she came up right underneath me because i'm at the edge of the stage because she wanted this she held her mouth wide oh, open Christ. underneath me oh man and i'm thinking 
you don't know how gross this is. And I just about gagged thinking about, thinking about it. And so, but, but this is the performer so, audience relation. Yeah. Like, I mean, like she's been waiting your whole life for this. She's been enjoying the entire show. Did she enjoy it? Oh, she loved it. And yeah. then came up afterwards and, of course, wanted me to be like the real Gene Simmons. I said, oh. Mm. Did you do like the mama bird and baby chick with it? Like that? No, 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 no. No, I ended up. wondering. Yeah, I was, that was, that was only my second show, though, as doing that. And I said, okay, this is what I'm in for. Well, but I mean, you also, like, you played music prior to that. Oh, yeah. Quite a bit. And I mean, you know, playing with Green Pyramids and whoever else, you had to know, I mean, there's, it's a weird dynamic, you know, and we live in this weird, which we'll talk, we'll, we'll talk about this in shortly. Um, we live in this weird new arena where people like Sean and myself, Sean's made some music. Mm-hmm. I've made almost no music and, but we all need live music. And yes. there was a carefree, simple time. Like, you know, people are like, oh man, you know what it was like back in the studio 54 days, <laughs> or the early eighties, right? Like you can do anything you want. And I'm like, so then fine, let's go back to the year 20, 2005. You can still do anything you wanted. I, the number of nights I was at the entry at yes. sweaty, disgusting shows, yeah. undoubtedly getting the sweat and droplets of strangers right. in my mouth on the regular. And all of that's gone now. But you had to know when you went up there as Gene oh, yes. Simmons with a mouth full of fake blood, people were going to want that. Yes. Yeah, it was. But you, now and again, I'm not trying to pigeonhole you, Zanya. Mm-hmm. You also kind of wanted it. I mean, you're up there in giant platforms well, strutting I, it in yeah, as well, a member of KISS. Yeah, I know. It's, it, it was an athletic endeavor. <laughs> it's my All exercise. Right. We're going to come back and get to know you a little better on the personal side. But before we do that, we're going to play this song right here, which you are a mother. And yes. you have a couple of teenage kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of them recommended this song and i want to tell you why here's the deal i know that people are worried in this day and age of who we are and what we do and the things we say and i think not unnecessarily you know that's probably the right attitude in general we should always think about who we are and what we say but also when you expressed your concerns about playing this song i said on this show everyone's allowed to be who they want to be um you know i've also had more conservative leaning people on this Mm -hmm. show they're allowed to be who they want to be and but you express some concerns about playing this particular song and i just want to say that first of all anytime dio opens his mouth i want you to think of me have you ever seen pick of destiny by tenacious d absolutely young (laughs) jb when he's in his bedroom singing to the dio poster yes that's how i want you to think of me right now so tell me why this song why do you want to hear it um, well, I think the message is, is clear. And after four years, it just seems like it's kind of done with it. <laughs> oh, that's all I needed to hear. Here's Rainbow with Dio. Kill the King on the Brian Oak Show.
son of a bitch. Dio's voice, man. I don't care what you like about music. So, you know, I... There's just, I, I don't, <laughs> there are certain things that cannot be articulated. Dio is one of them because I want to say all the things and five hours wouldn't be enough to say all the things, but he believes it. And he's speaking in these grand sort of mystical metaphors, but he's also speaking in real time. Mm-hmm. So we hear at the Brian Oak show advocate killing the king. Is that right, Sean? Yes. Well, not that we're actually advocating for real Murder, right? Right, right. But but the notion. metaphorically. Yes. yes. Luckily, Metaph- in, this, in this enlightened democracy you live in, there are <laughs> other ways to kill the king exactly. than actually murdering him. Correct. I Even though it. there's a certain appeal. <laughs> no. It is the Brian Oak Show. Before we go any further, and I do have to mention our sponsor, <laughs> Smart Start MN. We are in the Smart Start MN studios. Mike, Ed... I'm sorry, but I'm also kind of totally not sorry because Dio has my blood boiling at a sort of intrinsic level. I I told you, think of me as young Jack Black from... I mean, he's trapped in his room. He's trapped in a world not of his own makings. And um, Meatloaf comes in and spanks his bare ass with a belt, okay? And then he preaches to Dio. And Dio gives him the inspiration to go on the road and find Kyle Gass, who initially rejects him, but ultimately they create the greatest rock band in the history of the world. Smart Start MN, they are Minnesota's original ignition interlock company. What does that mean? It means that you or someone that's dear to you or someone that you know of has trans. They've made a bad decision. They decided to drink and drive, which is a super bad idea. However, people continue to do it on the regular. Okay, so you've done it once. Does it mean you're a bad person? By no means whatsoever. Does it mean that you're going to need to get your life back on point at some point? Yes, and hopefully sooner rather than later. And one of the ways you do that is by being able to regain the freedom to drive and move about and do the right thing. And sometimes it's going to take people like Smart Start to help you get back on the road. Yeah, people like Mike and Ed went to the state legislature and said, we need to allow people the opportunity to drive, to be able to go to work and do that sort of thing. So they are the originators. Go to smartstartmn.com slash the Brian Oak Show for 20% off the installation of the ignition interlock system. Turns out both Mike and Ed, by the way, Deep, deep music heads. One of the the last live shows I was supposed to go to was driving and crying with Ed. And um, sadly, beep, beep, wah, wah, sad trombone. (sighs) Pandemic. Um, (laughs) And I'm not trying to uh, like play that lightly because it hits so many people so close to home. And here we are in a brand new spike, which means it's only getting worse and probably going to be much worse this winter than anything we've seen so far. Live shows are just not going to happen. There's all these great... Streaming shows, which are fun, they're good, they're not the same thing. You know, it's frustrating for a lot of people, you know, fans and performers alike. Yet here we find ourselves. Um, our guest right now is Xenia. Xenia Sandstorm McGuire, also known as Xenia Warrior Bases. Do people want to find you online? What's the best way for them to do that? Um, I think usually if they live in the area, if they just type in Xenia and Base, I will pop up. And that's um, X-E-N-I-A. X-E-N-I-A. Actually, it means, it's Greek meaning hospitality. You don't say. I do say. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I like that. It's I the, like that. It's to counteract the other X, which is xenophobia. So oh. Yeah. I did, so really, if we want to get ultra nerdy here, because I am. Um, One of my favorite things in the bio you sent me is... I'll, all around Gen X nerd, which means that's three of us in the room right yes. now. And I'm yes, so you're wearing good so, company so here. Go deep. Go ahead. Oh, go yeah. ahead. So, well, one of so 
I study ancient Greek, you know, and that's one of those things that you do. Um, if you're into dead languages. If you're into dead languages. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, actually, I'm president emeritus of the Dead Language Symposium, which is just an excuse for us all to go out drinking. Um, but, <laughs> but, 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 but here's the difference. Instead of sitting there drunk and be like, you're like, no, but what's interesting is if you go oh, yeah. to the root word of this. That's, and that's exactly what we do. We yeah. do it, this is in college. We do our homework in the tavern in Decorah, and then we would, anyway. Did you go, Long to, story did, did you go to Luther? Yeah. Okay, so I was, in all, I, I was in all-state choir. Uh, now, this was back in, in the mid-80s. No, I'm not. I, it, it's my one musical achievement. Uh, but I, I, we did our all-state choir summer at, yes. at, at, at in Decorah. Yes, it's a great place. Yeah, well, and, and the, the legacy of choral music there is as important mm-hmm. and in real as the legacy of any sort of choral music almost anywhere in the United States. Absolutely. smurfly Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you are so. you are painting this room bright blue right now. <laughs> I appreciate that, but please continue. Yeah, well, it's it's one of the major themes in the Odyssey is how hospitality is it is respected and how it's abused. And in ancient Greek hmm. society, the idea was if you have a stranger coming to your shores or coming to your door, you are expected to treat them as if they are the god of Zeus. And so, because, because it doesn't get higher than that, doesn't right, it? Like, right. So you you lay out more than the red carpet. Right. You lay out everything you have. Yes, but the guest also has to respect the host and not over encroach and that kind of stuff. So it's it's a real thing. And and so in the Odyssey, we see how things are done well and how they're done poorly, such as the suitors with Penelope, Odysseus's wife. They eat her out of house and home, um, and. Odysseus, well, there's there's a few things where he goes back and forth, which is why it takes him so long to get home. But anyway, that's the main idea about Xenia, and so I decided that's my name. So That's your name and who you are. So let's go back to a little bit more about how you are. By the way, while we're having this conversation, as much as I like the last song we've chosen... If you would find Cream's The Tale of Brave Ulysses... Oh, absolutely. You have the, the keyboard, I have the mouse. Oh, well... Um, Together, you guys can work work it out. Look at that. Okay. Together, we're almost one whole person. We yes. are. <laughs> almost. One whole technological person. Sorry. All right. So I want to go back and I want to. I want to take a minute to be vulnerable myself. Usually guests Absolutely. feel vulnerable. Um, I want to ask something that comes from a place of wanting to know. You know, mm-hmm. to me. Uh, one of my catchphrases throughout my entire life has been always learning. And then I find myself, even though I'm like, I'm open-minded, I'm a modern guy, I, I get how things work. And then I find myself in situations where I don't really understand. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, there was a time where it was okay to be the bumbling idiot. And now we're in an era where even if you want to learn, sometimes you make a mistake and you are the bull in the china shop, or for lack of a better term. You told me, I mean, you are... A woman, but you mm-hmm. also identify as transgender, mm-hmm. but you were born female. So I want you to explain to me, because as a, yes. as a regular, just stupid, white, suburban dude, it confuses me. Yeah, well, bumble it, away. It, well, it, so yeah. explain <laughs> to me how you come to okay. be a transgender woman now, if you were born a woman and identify as a woman now. Yeah. Will you please explain that to me? Yeah, so... It's it's a long process. Okay, of, of and, which, and we got time. So, I just, I, I'm trying yes. not to be oh, no, no. the I, most ignorant clod that's ever existed, but I also have a genuine desire to learn. That's why you have this show, I and suppose. I think that's one of our other connections that I love Carl Sagan. So, oh, 
So there we go. <laughs> Very few others like it. By the way, it this was, should be a three-part his, show. <laughs> it was his birthday earlier this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and you sent me. We're also both science fiction nerds. Absolutely. We talk about nerds. Yeah. You brought along with a giant stack of cookies, which Sean can't keep to see. Yeah. Where's that? Oh, there it is. Oh, okay. oh. There's a couple. Left. I only had um, one. No, you brought After a another. postcard that says, "No, I'm from Iowa. I only work in outer space." Slash Captain Kirk, which is going up on the wall here in the Smart Start <laughs> MN Studios. Mm-hmm. Um, Learning. Okay, to me, so the whole bit is yes. learning. So I asked a question that may sound to some people's eyes like, oh, I can't believe Brian said that. I am just trying well, to have a better no, understanding. That, this, is the, this is the thing. So, yeah, I was born, so I was born what would be considered, I guess, male-bodied. Okay. But my brain has always been female. Okay. And this is something I've known since I was three years old in rural Iowa. I just, I just mm-hmm. knew. But I also learned early on I had to lie. But didn't you tell um, me? Didn't you tell me that on your birth certificate you were my, born as a girl? Well, all right. So my birth certificate says yes. My birth certificate says that I was born female, and okay. that's what my only birth certificate says. Okay. Um, but Iowa was actually one of the first states to put in the law that trans people can change their gender on their birth certificates, and this was back when Bob Ray, back in the seventies, was governor. Okay. Because Iowa has always had a strong progressive wing, which I don't know where they are now. Oh, we're in Minnesota. Okay, never mind. Um, yeah, but still, this is yeah. important. So, um, so yeah. So I was raised. I lived most of my life, forty-seven years outwardly, uh, in male form. So almost everything I had done, people just assumed I was a guy. Um, but inside, only about five people in the world, including my late wife, knew that I was really Zenya. So, so um, at this point, I mean, you were considered, and again, I, I hate when I bumble through these go, things. Go ahead. But, but I'm doing it in an effort to encourage yep. it, my own growth and understanding, but also hopefully helping other people get there as well. So at this point, you're basically closeted. And by yes. at this point, I mean for the majority of your life. Absolutely. But it, it was, it, it's really hellish. Um, I can't imagine. Growing up in a small town, my I, my graduating class was fifty three kids. Mm, wow! Um, and you get in the, into like puberty, like in the early eighties, and remember what the eighties were like with. I do. Yeah, I was and, there. <laughs> um, you're going into the locker room with these guys, and it just doesn't. Something's off, right? Because my brain, you know, the brain is really the largest sex organ in the body. Agreed. Right. Agreed. And we have all these other great genetic things, predispositions, whatever. Um, but my brain is just always been wired female. The way my it's connected to my body is female. Um, so do you mind me I asking? I never so, understood. I never understood guys. I never understood what they liked. All that kind of stuff. So and, growing up, not a lot of dating, not a lot of that kind of stuff. Or well, did it I, take a, a different form? Well, no. I, I mean, I I was always interested in women, but I was also a woman. Yeah, right, right, right. So, so. Um, not a lot of really opening up and having, developing really good friendships where I could deeply talk to people. Understood. And that was always an issue. And so, um, so I would, I would, over time, I just kind of open up to people, but it really wasn't until, well, I was getting back to the whole locker room. So there is, after years of therapy, you know, throughout the nineties, cause I was me saying, okay, I need to kick this. And a lot of therapists just didn't know. So they'd say, well, it's an obsession. You got to get over it, blah, blah, blah. But we also just, your therapist said that. Yeah. This is like in the nineties. Oh my God. In the nineties. Yeah. Yeah. So finally in 2010, the world, um, uh, world professional association for transgender health, uh, which pretty much are the international body that really studies this, you know, the experts, uh, they they depathologized being transgender. 
And and so that changed in a lot me, of laws. Depathologize means like we're removing this from some sort of weird, deep, far Correct. end medical thing right. to something that's actually it, very it, central and easily understandable. It's, it's easily understandable to natural variation of human biology. Right. You know, but then that got the religious rights up in arms. And so then they started making these bathroom fear bullshit things. And I mean, because that's, um, that's basically what we're getting to is yes. like the, the men who want to pretend that they're women are somehow predatorial or, yes, or like, somehow dangerous or yeah. somehow an affront to everything else that we assume is yeah. normal on the daily. Yeah. And so then my my whole response there is then, then go after the men. <laughs> you know, don't have, because when, right. because one of the things I like to bring up is like we need to protect our girls from possibly seeing a male-bodied person, and it says you know believe me nobody is more traumatized than being that girl in that male body, you know because oh, yeah. I had to live right. through that twenty-four-seven my entire life, and it got really you know when I was younger it was easier to take care of but as I got older especially after I hit my forties. And I saw my body looking more and more like a middle-aged guy. Right. It, it was it was just too much. And there was a number of times I went up to Highbridge in St. Paul, and I thought, oh. yeah. I mean, those there have been times like that throughout my whole life. But it was, it was pretty much time. And then after Caitlyn came out, Caitlyn Jenner came out, it was like, oh, that's, I mean, almost everything detail for detail, even the phase in her life where she became the world's greatest athlete. Right. You know, I would literally the world's greatest yeah, athlete. Yeah, athlete. Literally the yeah. world's greatest because I, I I know so many other women like me who they join the army because it's like I got I'm going to kick this I'm going to you know man up my way out of it. There's got to be something that I can do yep. to overcome these feelings. But you also you know who it, it's who you are, but no yes, one's allowing exactly. you to be who you are. Yeah, and so I was I back in high school I did 75 push-ups a night. I did like 25 handstand push-ups. I mean I had the the upper pecs and the ripped abs and all that crap. I never had um, that. I'm going to be honest. I never had yeah, that. Well, but, uh, and then I, that kind of got me into a lot of heavy metal at the time too. And I was just talking to a friend of mine and she said, oh yeah, so heavy metal was your beard. Which is, <laughs> <laughs> and I said, well, yeah, I guess so. You know, Cause I liked oh, all sorts, I liked all sorts of music. Right. But, right. You know, I was, I was huge in Iron Maiden. Um, one of my favorite bass, Steve Harris, you know, so I could play all first seven albums. I had all that. Um, but yeah, I used that. That was one way I could have long hair and not get the shit kicked out of me. Right. Yeah. How Wild. are you feeling? How do you feel now? Are you at peace uh, with oh, yeah. everything so, and you feel good about everything? Yeah, I, after I, I started hormones in 2017 mm-hmm. and that the, um, within about a month, I noticed there was just a positive change. And um, really after about two and a half years is where things really started settling down because mm-hmm. I had to go through puberty. And I Ugh, went through this. I don't wish that on anybody. I went through this teenage girl phase like we all do. Uh, you know, I'm not sure I'm out of mine. No, no, I know. And it was that. Well, there's some embarrassing moments in there. I don't need to talk about, but, um, you can, if you want, no, I know, but, um, it, it was just kind of a, a bizarre feeling of, of just having this, but then now everything just feels right. I mean, once I came out and once yeah. I did that, then I could start having deep friendships with people. Whereas before it was always like, I can go only so far. I can talk about music. I can talk about Monty Python. And <laughs> oh that's my about God. it, you know? We, uh, that's and again, pretty good, though. That, yeah, <laughs> that, 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 music that, or, that's about 90% of life. This, right? just, yeah. this just changed to a five-part episode <laughs> yeah, is what exactly. this just did because just, my love of John up. Cleese alone, let alone yeah. anything else. So, but Now, when you decide to come out, I mean, again, it, it's, it's a brave and important moment because mm-hmm. if anything... Life is hard enough for the regular squares person you can imagine, just trying to get by on the day to day. So you decide you're going to come out. You've got family. You've got yeah. friends. 
was it well accepted? Was it people being like, finally, or what the fuck are you talking All about, right. or what happens? So I, some of the people that that did know, and you're talking about finally. So you might know Venus to Mars. I do. Pre- yeah. So Venus, she'd known for like over 20 years, right. and Jen Dean Forberg, the greatest drummer in the world. But I just saw her yesterday. At, anyway, we were shopping and right. ran into her. Um, but so Jen Dean said. It's about fucking time. <laughs> yeah. Well, and here's the thing. They're not mad at you. They just want you to be okay. Yeah. They love I, it, you. It's once you're on the other side, you realize how much of life you've been missing. Yeah. You know, I can't like, imagine because you realize, I mean, it does feel like I've been living about only 10% of my life. Right. Once I came out and I explored everything, it was as if the world became more colorful. And there was more nuance in everything, and I could have more than one emotion at a time, and it, and simultaneously, and still function. And finally, you know? being allowed to be Zenya, yes, like finally, you're allowed to be the person you want. Whether they're whether people are forgiving or open to it or not, yeah. Once you've gotten there, that's all that matters. It, it's, well, it was living a life without self confidence, and right. once I came out and became more confident, and you know, the stuff that I brought you was from Iowa City, which mm-hmm. is like. My coming out city. And if you've ever been to Iowa City, it's one of the coolest little places on earth. It is. It's an um, oasis. Yes. Yeah. And um, that's really the place where I started growing my own legs as as who I really am. Right. And um, yeah. And then at that point, it's like I've got friends who are still closeted, um, but people who are coming out, I talk, you know, just as, you know, my friends had talked to me before I came out. Well, and as a, as a cisgendered white guy, mm-hmm. I, I've been trying to, since I was young, I had friends growing up in Coon Rapids who were the same boat. There's no way in hell you get to come out, even though oh, everyone yeah. kind of knows it's, it's, it's not, you, you just don't. it's not accepted. It's no. not going to go well for you or anyone around you. And so it just doesn't happen. So, but as someone who's been aware of it for a very long time, mm-hmm. you don't get to out other people. No. Like you, you may encourage them. You may be their support person. Mm-hmm. You may try to let them understand that that you are an ally or a friend no matter what the yes. hell happens but you can't much like anybody who makes any sort of like sort of important self admission i and again i'm not trying to equate the two by any means but mm-hmm. just by by means of comparison i recently came out as an alcoholic yes. and i have a problem with booze and so i don't get to have booze but doing so I suddenly found this weird, wonderful, brilliant new community of people who were like, nope, I we I also can't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, my life's not like it's supposed to be. Right. And I'm better not drinking. And yes. you're better being Xenia, who Xenia's exactly. supposed to be. Yeah, and that's that's the big encouragement. And of course, now we have so much great scientific understanding of all this. I think it's better every day. Yeah. And we're not there yet. Let's, no. let's also be clear, we're not there yet when it right. comes to this, which is why I'm, I'm willing to embarrass myself. Yes. And I'm so glad that you're so understanding and so willing to share and be general because I think this is how we advance the conversation. Mm -hmm. And advancing the conversation doesn't mean, ta-da, everyone's suddenly enlightened and everything's better and we're all fixed and yay, the future is better. But it's incremental. Everything is in steps and we have to keep talking about this. Even if we occasionally bumble and bump our head and act like an idiot, as long as we have the right intent in our heart, this is the way we have to Mm -hmm. keep going. Yeah, and this is this is kind of just in general, not just with this, but with life in general. I mean, I always defer to the experts. I mean, you know, with with this, you know, I consider myself an expert as far as who I am right. and my experience. But then also there's like the general scientific expertise, which is done by these big name, you know, 
these great peer-reviewed researchers that right. have done everything. And that's the whole bit, actual science. Actual science, yep. yes. And that's supporting us, and that's really a great benefit. Well, it's wonderful, and I'm I'm glad that you were willing to deal with my awkwardness and my stupidity, which oh, yeah. Sean is forced to deal with on the regular. Well, I just think this is great uh, for our listeners, and, mm-hmm. and it's great for the show. And thank you for being willing to share. Uh, I just watched a show last night with my wife, and it's interesting. Even the gay community does not necessarily understand the trans community and so there can be there can be all this confusion with them i've my Mm -hmm. best friend came out as gay uh at at 19 but very different than transgender my my uh sister-in-law uh just came out six months ago unfortunately they divorced but they're still great friends Mm -hmm. and they still have that bond there uh, as well um but i just really i really appreciate it and i really appreciate you having that courage and i just am a big believer that even one person one person hears this yeah. and gets educated somehow so they're not in any way judging but also if there's somebody that's struggling and having yes. that exact same feeling that you had uh to be able to come forward and be your authentic self mm-hmm. matters more than anything else i think it's one of the greatest lessons of one of my best friends in iowa city the most authentic person i've ever met and i think authenticity is really yes. the way to go with everything. Yep, absolutely. So. It's so weird to me. Like, we're going to go into another song real quick here, but we're not done talking. We'll have a little bit more to say. <laughs> yeah, Sadly, I mean, again, we could have done this. This could have been a five-parter, but we only have a little bit of time left. But I want to get into this next artist real quick. Uh, and you you picked a song by a band that, A, one of the greatest rock bands of all time, mm-hmm. also a deep science nerd on guitar yes, in the band. Um, but growing up in, in Coon Rapids and not being sure about who I was, feeling like a weirdo outsider, and still straight as the day is long, regular white kid, all the privileges, everything. But because I decided to have a weird asymmetrical new wave haircut and mm-hmm. I wore two earrings, they, they were able to get around one earring. Like if it's, okay, what was the, what was Wait, the phrase? Ear? Was uh, <laughs> left is right, right is wrong, right? Yes. That, that was the whole signifier. Yes. Well, I just wanted to be a pirate in 1985 uh-huh. as a teenager. And so I pierced both ears. No one could get their fucking head around. Oh it. yeah, it, what, I was like, I was like double gay. I, I was like something. <laughs> yeah, it was... I, there was there was no understanding of what it was. So I was, and I'm going to use an F word that I don't normally use, only because I heard it on the daily. I was called fag yes. every, every single day throughout high school, um, and because I grew up in Coon Rapids, right? And yeah. the, so, and it was the '80s, and that that, and that was, was what was happening. And again, I don't endorse that word, time. and I apologize to anybody offended by that word. But it was just, I'm telling you what actually happened, and yes. I had a foxy girlfriend i'm not trying to be defensive but i'm like i never i never felt any other way than the way i feel still to this day and but it's still it happened all the time and it was weird how these people had blinders on like the number of burnouts who were wearing judas priest (laughs) or queen t-shirts who would be more than happy to call me that as they walked down the Mm -hmm. hallway and i'm like even back then i'm like you know who Rob, Rob Halford? I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like Freddie Mercury. Like yep. the band is called Queen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, but again, there was no point in doing that because that meant this skinny little weird orchestra nerd was going to get yes. punched. It, it wasn't a fight <laughs> that I was pretty. Uh, yes, yeah, I, I, I wasn't ready to take on Alto at that point. Clef, you have that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Weird Zenia, fucking crap is that? You are, yeah, I don't even know what that means. I can't even read that. Um, you picked this particular song by Queen. Tell me why. Um, well, this actually comes from an album. It's one of the al- other albums I listened to as a real young kid. And I think there's certain albums in the world that are just the perfect albums all the way start to finish. Yep. Um, Aqualung by Jethro Tull, I think, is a perfect album. It's a... F- <laughs> there's just... There's, there's not a bad you song. You can't argue it. I agree. Yeah. And this one... 
Queen, A Night at the Opera. This is the very last song off of the A side of the vinyl. Um, I love it partly because it's a short song, but it has all sorts of fun going on in it with the little back. You know, it was what recorded on like an eight track or I don't know, maybe a 16 track deck. But they do all sorts of fun little stuff. Um, It's one that my family, whenever we're on road trips, we sing in the car and we all take our own little part as we sing. So that's really kind of it. It's it's a very personal Sandguire, you know, family ditty. a kiss you know very few bands have the level of musical sophistication of queen but then when you consider that not only do you have the multi-part choral explorations which i I still to this day have a hard time getting my head around the fact that the the sort of the the average stoned mid-70s rocker accepted but then you've got a guitar player who was pursuing a doctorate or at least a master's degree in astrobiology and or astrophysics who they're like, Hey, no, no, no. Come and be one of the, be part of, be the guitar player in one of the dirtiest, filthiest, <laughs> most brilliant rock British rock bands that ever existed. Oh, and if you want to rock that Louis the 14th hairstyle, the whole time you're doing it, hundred percent cool, hundred percent cool. Queen remains unique in rock history, but without queen, we do not have the rock that we have today. And again, another one of those most influential, brilliant bands, because again, as British bands do the best British bands, you know, we were talking about cream earlier. Mm-hmm. Cream, an album like Disraeli Gears is in my yes. top ten of all time. 
But there are a couple of these weird little whimsical do-do-do-do-do-do-do moments on it that are like, that don't seem to fit with this wild, spatial, mythological rock and roll that you have happening, but they're absolutely quintessential English and somehow still tolerated by the rock intelligentsia. We do have to make a quick mention of the fact that Busters on 28th is a supporter and longtime sponsor of The Brian Oak Show. They are an eatery, a drinkery, if you enjoy such things, uh, available over on 42nd and 28th. They're right there over in southeast Minneapolis, right by Lake Hiawatha, and they still do what they do. Yes, things are dark. Yes, there are new rules in place that say, nope, not after 10 p.m. doesn't matter. You can stop by and get your food and beverage from the good people over at Buster's on 28. Yeah, and if you feel safer, get curbside to go. They still do that, and I believe they can even include your drinks with your curbside to go as well. They can. If you're like particularly like, I want a lambic. I don't really know what a lambic is, but I know a lot of people enjoy those sorts of things. If you're someone who has, let's just say, particular tastes, they will not judge you. They will be like, well, of course, we can help you with this, 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 and this. Go online and at least take a look before you decide on dinner this evening. Bustersontwenty-eight.com. They still provide amazing food. They still provide beer and wine to go. uh, And they are still alive during the pandemic, which a lot of businesses we can't say that for. So thank you for their ongoing support and thank you for your support of Busters on 28th. Also, Sean Bernard, my friend, my ally, my co-worker, my... Oh, man, we're legally bound. You know, We really right? are. No, there, there, yeah. are, there are documents that, that bear <laughs> our name that mean at some point it's going to be one of those ugly behind-the-music kind of things, but let's just try to avoid that, Two can we, please? the same person. I think if we both started drinking again at the same time, that could happen. Ooh. <laughs> I wouldn't live long enough, and then it would yeah. all just defer to you anyway. So That's let's not do that. Let's just go ahead and say that this day, these days, in addition to doing the Brian Oak Show, Sean is also a realtor for Edina Realty at the 50th and France location, and you're still moving units. I am. We actually closed uh, four properties, uh, four different deals uh, on Monday. So it was just a magnificent, incredible day. I was very grateful for that. And uh, the, the people, uh, Jim and Nancy, were hiring sarah morris to do a private show something that i offer to my clients to actually do a private show when it's safe so we're probably going to wait till after the holidays right but we're actually going to have her go over and do a show we might even do it in the garage so it's safe yeah um but that's something that i'm offering as a realtor that a lot of other realtors probably don't do that like hey i'm gonna pay for a, a performer to go over there and give you guys some some live music we'll keep sarah 10 feet away from everybody and keep her safe but if you know of somebody who's looking to buy or sell, 612-859-2594. The rates are still really low. It is winter, but people still move in the winter in Minnesota. You know, So 612-859-2594, that number is also text-worthy. Zenia, we don't have a ton of time left, and so I don't want to give yeah. this part short shrift, but in addition to being a trans woman and having had the unusual but also interesting and important journey you've had, you found love and you married. Uh, yes. You married a woman who you tragically lost at some point. Do you want to share mm-hmm. that story briefly or would you rather we not? Yeah, I mean, it was it's no big secret, but my wife and I, we met in choir back in 1989. Mm-hmm. And we started dating when I got back from living in England for a year. Uh, June of 91, we got married in Dunning Springs in Decora, Iowa. 93, and music was pretty much central to our life. And we moved over to Como Park in St. Paul in 96. Um, just long story short, we, she was a singer with Minnesota Crowell. She built her career as a leadership consultant, taught courses at the U of M on leadership. Um, and on the night that we both had our Minnesota Crowell auditions, re-auditions for the year, um, she was killed by a drunk driver on Park and 15th. 
So that was uh, not a very fun experience, but it's these last um, three years of me coming out because I was also in the process of coming out when this happened. Right. Um, yeah, it was, you know, raising my kids because I was always the at-home parents anyway. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we, things were set pretty well, but it took me a long time to actually get back into the music that I really enjoy. Right. So I just kind of clawed my way back, you know, doing the Kiss Band was one thing. Then I started going and did my, I played with a bunch of doctors from HCMC. We started playing again and... Wait, there are doctors who rock? Is that what you're (laughs) telling me right now? Dr. Mark Linzer is like, he's like the head. New prescriptions, he's like a big time doctor at HCMC. And uh, he's... (laughs) Dr. Feelgood, is that what you're telling me right now? He is, he, well, he, he was, he... He took lessons from Peter Tork when he was in Greenwich Village growing up. Wow. Sorry, you just turned into a six-part series. You should have him on. Okay, you know. You're in charge. You you are my connection. You are my two degrees of separation. He's awesome. In all sincerity, send me his information. I will. If we can talk about Peter Tork and pharmaceuticals, I feel like this is an important person (laughs) to talk to. Great. I'd love to. I would love to talk to him. Anyway, so that that just took me a while just to start coming back and... Just as pandemic is going, I started going back to to uh, Orchestra Hall and seeing because I love, I love it especially when the orchestra plays like obscure twentieth, twenty first century compositions right. because that's really what they're they're geared to being able to do. Like, what's the most intense shit I can play, you know? And that's what I want to hear the orchestra when I go live. Right. And then pandemic hit. So, but it's a little quiet now. So for you as a yes. performer, um, before we say our goodbyes, mm-hmm. you as a performer, you're able to do some of these live streams. You're able to do yes. stuff with the mod garage, which by the way, yes. if people want to know more about the mod garage. Where do we go? You can either go to my, my Facebook page, warrior basis thing, you know, whatever it is. I don't know. Don't, don't dismiss um, it. <laughs> I'm asking you to promote it. The it, mod garage, the mod, mod garage. garage. It's, it's T H E E. Yes. M O D garage. And again, it's not a very, li- it's not a super limited palette. You no, guys do a, a ton of great stuff we, we, from the deep dark psych to the Hollies to fact, all kinds of yes, stuff. Yes. In fact, we're actually working on tales of brave Uli- Ulysses. <gasps> so, which I just took off. Yes, we're going to hear Hendrix instead. But, I know Hendrix is, but, yeah, they're all good. I'm, well, they're all good. But, but this yeah. is a good, I think the Hendrix choice is the better choice for Agreed. the show. So, um, yeah, and, you know, we do Shocking Blue, which, mm. you know, love that band. Mm-hmm. So, it's, um, yeah, so we do all these obscure things from the 60s. So, so really, the mod garage, 60s garage rock and psychedelia. Okay. That's what we do. Fantastic news. Well, um, I feel like, as I always feel with these, even though we've gone over time, this has been too short. I feel like there are so many things that we gave short shrift to, but it's nice to see your face in person, even despite the pandemic. As someone who thrives off performing, you holding up? You doing okay? I myself am doing all right. I've got a lot of friends who are performers and also owners of venues. Right. And so anything you can do, if you can spare a little bit, you know, there's there's lots of organizations out there to help musicians, performers, artists, as well as fundraisers for each, a lot of these venues. So anything you can do to help support would be great. Um, I'm trying to do whatever I can to support because I'm at least, I'm safe. So I'm doing all right. Yeah. But, um, yeah. There's a lot of us around. We have to take it. We have to keep an eye out for each other. I don't think neither Sean nor I are getting rich, but for so far, hanging on, as yes. we all have to do. And we could be heading into a deep, dark winter. Absolutely. So whether it's a matter of Venmo or watching an artist do what they do live on the internet or whatever the case may be, 
Keep an eye on the ones that you hold most dear. Yes. Maybe they're personal people. Maybe they are performers that you love. Maybe they are local businesses like Busters on 28. Mm-hmm. It, could, it could be anything. Keep an eye on them because without our paying attention, and it's hard to because we all like to go down our deep, dark mm-hmm. rabbit hole ourselves without paying attention to those around us and the things that we love, you might turn around and you might turn back around and they're gone. So yes. this this is an important time not to do that including and up to our Patreon supporters. Without our Patreon supporters, this show does not exist. Mm-hmm. They're why we have the Smart Start MN Studios. They're why we're here week after week and get a chance to meet new people and hear new stories and, again, get to hear me embarrass myself almost twice weekly, which is really, right. really <laughs> kind. Zanya, best of luck to you, and thank, thank you for you. everything. Oh, and come back so sometime. Much. Please, please, please. Anytime. We'd love to have you back. Just, At some point, when everyone's yes. healthy and fine, we're going to set up a dark drudgy druggy psych trio in this room and you're going to melt their faces excellent okay all right very good or or i was almost thinking one better i could bring my first edition D &D books and you know we're talking about how long this is going okay listen this is almost as long as do you have the first edition D &D deities and demigods that has the melna banan and the cthulhu methos i don't have that one what what no, I, no, I got the second edition because they pulled that one off just. No, they pulled as, it off right away. Yes. And here's the deal: I wouldn't have it either, except a friend of mine who like actually happened to buy it and was like, "I don't really care about D and D. Just gave it to me." Now, again, this is yes. what 1984. Right. So it wasn't. So I got really lucky and yes. I hung on to it forever. Yes. But then someone's like, "Oh no, they got rid of that one." I'm like, "Cthulhu, I'm a big Lovecraft oh, yeah. guy." Oh yeah. And, uh, God damn it. We're going to do a whole D&D episode. You're going to be on the D&D episode. All right, sorry. We're done talking about D&D. Although we're never done talking about D&D. Sean, best of luck to your mom, man. And best of luck to everyone you know. Same thing, Zenya. Thank you you very much for coming by. We got to go, and we are going to leave with a little Jimi Hendrix chosen by none other than today's guest, Zenya. This one is Freedom. Thanks for tuning in to episode 105 of The Brian Oak Show.